everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap. I'm Yolinda Schroeder, News Editor of Farmers Weekly, and I'll be telling you about some of the main stories that made the news this week, which is the 16th July issue. With me in the studio is Janine Ryan, Managing Editor of Farmers Weekly, who will be discussing some of the main article featured in the latest issue of the magazine. Hi, Janine. What is the first article you'll be discussing? Hi, Linda, and welcome to all of our listeners. Uh, One of the stories I'd like to highlight this week is the crop story, which focuses on okra. According to researchers at the Agricultural Research Council, okra is an orphan crop and is underutilized and unresearched, but holds great health and economic benefits. I believe okra is also called ladies' fingers. Where did it originate? It's thought to have originated in Ethiopia. It's grown in tropical and subtropical regions of the world, including South Africa, and is produced from seed. It's an annual plant that can grow to about one meter in height, depending on the cultivar, and the stems are either hairless or covered in small hairs. The leaves are heart-shaped and often lobed. Uh, One of the most important aspects of the crop is that the entire plant, from stem to seeds, is edible, and it's a valuable source of minerals, the researchers say. As such, it can contribute substantially to food and nutritional security in different parts of the world. It also has considerable genetic variability, which is important for breeding purposes. Can you tell me a bit about the local okra market? Unfortunately, there's no formal market and seed system information available for okra in South Africa, as it is eaten mostly by poor households and traded on the informal market. It's usually grown as a sole crop by communal farmers. Intercropping okra, however, can be an important farming method in a traditional production system to reduce the levels of insect pests and diseases and to obtain high yields. It can be intercropped with amaranth, cowpea, um, beetroot and maize, as well as other grains. Okra contains the following minerals, potassium, calcium, phosphorus, magnesium, sodium, iron, aluminium, zinc, boron, manganese, and copper. It also has macro and micro elements that are important to human health. The seeds are rich sources of protein, fat, fiber, amino acids, oil, and sugars. The seeds can also be used as feed for monogastric animals. In their immature form, the pods have a high concentration of minerals, vitamins, carbohydrates, protein, and fiber. The fruit is used for making soups and sauces with a gelatinous consistency. Sliced dried okra fruit is common on Southern African markets. What is the next article you're looking at today? The next story I want to focus on is a livestock story, which is all about raising a good dairy cow. This process, as Western Cape dairy farmer Candice de Jong, starts before the cow is even born with breeding for the best traits, keeping dry cows and heifers in optimal condition all year round and adhering to consistent vaccination and hygiene protocols. The Yogana has been Kunrad with the runners-up in the 2020 Milk Producers Organization NetBank Stewardship Awards. They farm on 270 hectares near Groot Brokkerfee, and they currently run a herd of 650 in-milk Jersey cows and produce 4.5 million liters of milk a year. The young says that they only use the best genetics when breeding their cows and only use animals that they are certain will further their breeding goals and add value to the herd. When it comes to selection, they look for cows with good walking ability, 
who will produce a calf every year. If you want a cow to perform optimally, says De Jong, you have to look after her. You want to tell me a bit about her vaccination program? So the De Jong's implement a consistent vaccination program to prevent calves from getting sick. Uh, they also provide the cause good quality colostrum and concentrate on good hygiene. They ensure that their cows are kept in peak condition by implementing a generous feeding program. The young says that their cows get the best no matter what age they are. They have 150 hectares of irrigated kikuyu, ryegrass, plantain and chicory pastures and 35 hectares of maize. These crops all go towards feeding the herd and silage is bought in. Uh, their objective is to get the heifers to grow at a desirable rate from the age of three months until breeding, using the most economical sources of protein, energy, vitamins, and minerals. But looking after heifers is not just about generously feeding them. De Jong says it's important that they are on a balanced diet to prevent them from getting fat, as excess fat can result in an excess of fatty buildup on the udders. This is detrimental to the heifers' memory development and milk production. As such, they place great emphasis on feeding the heifers good quality protein as this helps her grow. Roughage is also important as it helps build the rumen, de Jong says. Heifers are thus given lucerne and a protein pellet at a rate of three kilograms per day. Heifers are inseminated for the first time at around 13 to 14 months of age. I believe she has some valuable advice on feeding heifers. Yes, yeah, so she says from weaning to six months of age, the heifer ration should contain between 14 and 80% forage and a growth meal or pellet with at least 16% crude protein and an energy level of 11.1 metabolizable energy per kilogram of dry matter. Calves in feed groups should receive good quality hay, preferably lucerne, ad lib, and two kilograms to three kilograms of growth meal per calf per day. Calves on pastures should still be provided with good quality hay or lucerne hay to ensure rumen development and protein intake. Um, supplemented with two kilograms of concentrates per calf per day. At six to nine months, the concentration of protein diet can be decreased and the concentration of fiber increased. Maize silage and grass silage can be introduced from eight months. Traditionally, uh, heifers raised from roughage with a protein content gradient from eight to 12%. Um, therefore, heifer older than six months who's fed on forage will have a great need for supplementary protein and for energy. A meal with a protein level of 16% should be supplemented at two kilograms per day. The concentrate must also provide adequate vitamins and minerals. At nine to 18 months, each heifer should be fed a grass made silage and straw mix with two kilogram concentrate. Heifers on ryegrass pasture should each receive one kilogram and two, between one kilogram and two kilograms of mineral lick instead of concentrate. And once confirmed in calf, a heifer at 18 months or older can join the dry team, provided she can keep up with the competition. If she struggles, she can be fed separately with a group of her peers. Three weeks before calving, she can join the steam-up group for inoculations and closer observation. And that is all from me. Thank you, Janine. Now it's over to the news. The main story for the week was the current high sunflower oil prices. A staple in many South African households, sunflower oil prices have increased 30% over the past year, according to st statistics of Africa's latest con consumer price index. Grain SA economist Luan van der Walt described the sp spike in prices to a shortage of sunflower oil on world markets 
and the decline in local sunflower production since the 2015-2016 production season. South Africa imports about 450,000 tons of oil annually. This year's global sunflower crop was estimated at 58 million tons, compa compared with 50 million tons in the previous season, and it will be a new record. Why did sunflower production decline in 2020-2021? Um, the decline last season can be put down to unfavorable production condition and the sunflower uh, production areas of the Baltic states. In South Africa, sunflower production has been on a downward trend since 2015-16, and this is particularly evident in a good production season when rain is received early enough for maize production. When there's late rainfall, maize, produ and maize production becomes challenging, sunflower hectares increase markedly. The next story I want to look at is the corporatization of South African ports. Um, industry stakeholders have welcomed President Cyril Ramaphosa's announcement late last month that the Transnet National Ports Authority will be converted into an independent, wholly owned subsidiary of Transnet. Does this mean that ports are being privatized? No, uh, the Port Authority will remain 100% state-owned, but it will have its own board and be able to generate an income that will be ploughed back into the company. However, if government is not able to put a top man management team in place, this corporatization will not change anything. Dr. John Purchase, CEO of Agbus, said it is important that a good board, good chairperson, and a good management team are put in place. Otherwise, they won't be able to execute the objectives of the authority. Currently, agriculture is under immense pressure to export commodities, and the industry is looking into alternative export ports such as Maputo and Mozambique, he said. Bad van der Rooyen, operational manager of the Fresh Produce Exporters Forum, said this move had brought some positivity to an, to an environment that had been negative for a long time. But he also stressed that it depended, depended on how it's implemented. On the positive side, it might bring the possibility of a public-private partnership to the table. And the last story I would like to look at is that farmers have been warned not to express their anger about protracted stock cases on social media, as this could set their cases back years further strain on their wallets and the legal system. This warning was sounded by Isabel Creer, head of the Free State Red Meat Producers Organization's Stock Fed Forum. Many farmers become impatient and give vent to their feelings on social media as they feel that either the police or the state prosecutor are delaying the case. How does them complaining on social media delay a case? For example, when a farmer suggests that the prosecutor isn't doing his or her job properly, the prosecutor often withdraws from the case and then sets the whole thing back years in many cases. Because farmers have to remember that defendants' lawyers also have access to their social media comments. And this can easily be used to discredit you as a witness in your own case, she said. In effect, farmers are 
shooting themselves in the foot are doing so as it weakens their own cases. That's it for this week. Please follow us on our social media pages at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next time, keep safe and happy farming.